Hello, and welcome to the Vitality Women Leading Audaciously podcast. I am Jennifer Helene, CEO of Purposeful Ventures, devoted to naturally innovative solutions for the realignment of humanity. We believe that stories connect us, dismantling the illusion of separation, causing healing. This interview will be 20 to 30 minutes long, and I look forward to sharing on Common Ground. Hello and welcome, Caitlin. So happy to have you on the show today. Um, I'm really curious about your story. I'm really interested in what you do. Um, so if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got here today. Yeah, I'd love to. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I am Caitlin Ball. I am a health and lifestyle coach, and I teach women how to get off the dieting roller coaster and teach them how to eat more intuitively, let go of all those food restrictions and to learn how to listen to their bodies and how to love their bodies and really, you know, gain body confidence, get rid of that shame. And all of this helps women actually start to love their lives even more because food and body is such a big, big issue that a lot of us um, have had. And the reason why I got into it is because I, uh, you know, I grew up more a little chubby, I guess, and was a little became more vain. And I asked my mom if I she could teach me how to do Weight Watchers. And so here I was at 12 years old, uh, learning how to count Weight Watchers points, because I wanted to lose weight. And, you know, looking back on it now, it was just about confidence. It was middle school and you're you know, girls are mean in middle school. (laughs) And so you're just trying to control. I was just trying to control what I could. And, uh, so I started my first diet. It was great. I lost a few pounds. I did it in the summer. I was excited to go back to school. And, uh, but I, what I didn't realize at the time was that it really messed up my relationship with food. And, it just made me feel guilty anytime that I was eating something that I knew was quote unquote bad for me that had higher calories or fat or sugar, whatever it was, had too many points in the Weight Watchers world. And uh, so I just went on and off dieting for the next 15 years. I tried them all under the sun and, you know, what it really came down to was the diet was always the hope for a better life. And I didn't realize at the time that there's so many other things you could do to have the life that you want, that really has nothing to do with your body size. And, uh, what happened for me was that I moved to Europe with my now husband and he got a job offer and, uh, we were traveling a lot and we, we thought we were only going to be there a few years, ended up staying six. That's a different story, but, uh, we wanted to get a lot of travel in and we got like six weeks off a year. And, you know, we, we were living in Switzerland, so we had Italy and France and Germany, all the train right away. So we could take these awesome weekend trips. And I was so used to the U S mentality of, go on a diet and then go on a week of vacation and eat whatever the heck you want and come back and then diet again, and then take one more vacation in the year or whatever. And so I realized like that 
that's not sustainable when you're, you're traveling a lot. I wanted to go and enjoy foods in all these different wonderful places, but I didn't know how to do that in a sustainable way. I, I, you know, bought a juicer and I was like, I don't want to go on a juice cleanse every time I come back to Zurich. <laughs> like I want to figure out how to eat uh, the right amount and the right foods for my body and still enjoy. And I was actually noticing that a lot of people were doing this, you know, women weren't ordering their salad dressing on the side. They were eating pizza and pasta. They were just eating, you know, amounts that would feel good to their body. They weren't talking about cheating on their diet. They weren't, uh, they weren't body shaming themselves in front of other people. And there's generally just much less of a diet culture in Europe in general. So it kind of came at the perfect timing where I was like, okay, what do I do? I got to figure this out. And I found this course on intuitive eating and I was allowed to let go of all restrictions around food and started realizing that how funky of a relationship I had had with food and my body and started eating what I wanted, but started realizing which foods made me feel good and which foods were maybe better to only have on occasion. And it made me feel so free and happy. And I just knew I had to, I had to share this with the world, especially um, my fellow American women that are in the heart of diet culture. Mm. And uh, so that's what I've been doing ever since I've been doing it for almost six years now. Amazing. Um, you and I have so many similarities actually. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, my first Weight Watchers meeting was at age five. Oh my gosh. Wow. And my mom, um, you know, was really, really struggled with her weight. So she ended up going to overeaters anonymous. So I yeah. spent a lot of my childhood, you know, just waiting for her and in the background hearing, you know, the 12 step program, mm -hmm. having the 12 steps in the table and just really witnessing on all levels, emotionally, mentally, and physically, um, you know, the struggle with food. And yeah. um, food can heal, food can harm. Um, and then I lived in Switzerland for ten you years. Did. Oh my yeah. gosh! <laughs> um, and so I, I, you know, I saw uh, miraculous changes um, that food could create, like a like massive healing. Yeah. Um, but then there was always this like double edged sword where you know, and and I think every person, especially women listening, can relate to um, not feeling like food is your friend you know, feeling yeah. like food is really the enemy. And if you can just like, forget about it or leave it off the table, um, you know, it's like so much easier. You get to your goal weight, which I right. never was going to be. I was never going to be that skinny model in the magazine ever. Yeah, me either. <laughs> and, and it was like, but I wanted it so badly. Right. And, um, I, I think I've had glimpses and I, like you've been on every diet. I've done every diet imaginable yeah. under the sun. Um, and I, you know, I have had like glimpses of food freedom and I know that intuitive eating is the answer and you make it sound so simple, right? I, mean, <laughs> I know it is. But it, like, it's not, a, yeah, there's definitely some nuances. <laughs> it's a journey, but yeah. it's like, you know, it, it almost sounds like you flip a switch, you know, and it's like, mm -hmm. you know, this magic thing. And what I notice with, um, with the women that I've worked with is that like, it's like almost like a, it's like a, a consequence or a symptom of um, the intuitive eating and the 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 re the reassociation, I guess I could call it, um, with food. Um, and it's like weight loss is like a, a byproduct of it. It's almost like just hap it happens. Like oh, that happened, but it wasn't yeah. like you know the main thing, which I find so interesting because we all know that 
COVID has caused a lot of weight gain, Yeah, right? Kids, I think on average, it was like eight to 12 pounds and then adults up like 18 to 25, which is mm-hmm. kind of, that's, you know, that, that's, that's significant enough that everyone's kind of thinking about it right now. Yeah. Um, so I'm really curious. Uh, it's just so ironic, right? That we have like had similar journeys. Yeah, totally. That's crazy. <laughs> I know. It's so interesting. And I totally geek out about it. Like, um, and that could be like a manifestation of the food compulsion, right? That I just mm. can't, like, I think about it all the time. And I was on MasterChef and I like build oh, wow. culinary institutes. Like I'm so into it, you know, and like yeah. how it can be so abundant and mm-hmm. healthy, you know? Um and that is, is really exciting. But so, um, is part of your process taking pe- people's focus away from food? Um, yeah, I'm just curious about that question first. Yeah. So there's kind of both. Like at first, I think that the biggest and best thing for people to do is just to try those foods that they have been restricting <laughs> and try them with like my permission. You know, I feel like a lot of people need, outside permission to allow them to do those things, you know, especially because they were looking for outside um, rules and whatever with the diet. So giving them permission to just like eat again and try all these foods. So it does start with the food often, but the other part, which people don't realize is that so much of the reason why we're eating the food is because you're dissatisfied in another area of your life. So yes, it's like, that's why people have gained weight during COVID. There was a whole aspect of life that we were missing and we used food as a coping mechanism. And Mm -hmm. it's totally understandable of why people have gained weight. And, uh, you know, I try not to focus on weight loss, but the weight gain can just be used as an indicator of, okay, something was going on. Something was missing that, uh, you know, wasn't really working in my life at the time. And it made me turn to food. So what do I need? And a lot of times it's, uh, it's the things that bring you joy that light you up. So whether that's it, connection was the one in COVID that we didn't have that people in person connection that we were missing so much, but then other things can be for me. It's like when I'm a creative person, I love doing little craft projects. That's like my passion and hobby. And when I'm doing that regularly, I'm feeling like myself I'm feeling good. I'm not relying too much on food. And I find when I am eating too much chocolate, when I am constantly looking in the refrigerator for things. It's like, I'm not doing my passions. I'm not, I'm not connecting with people enough. I'm not doing those things that make me truly happy. So it's really a combination. Like if you've dieted for a long time, you do need to start like let go of all those restrictions, but then you have to unpack. Why am I eating the way that I'm eating? Yeah. And the other layer is the beliefs you have about your body. You have Mm. to work on those beliefs. Mm -hmm to really figure out like, oh, that's why I'm so obsessed with food and the calories and all that stuff, because I believe that being smaller is better and will make me more worthy. And, Mm -hmm. you know, all those things that are totally untrue, but we live in a society that praises thinness. 
It's true. And, and honestly, though, when I'm at like my goal weight, I, I do know, I, and I, I could be making this up, but I do I feel like there's a different um, feedback that I get from my family and even strangers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know that that contributes to me feeling better at that weight. Like I yeah. love that weight, but to hold it, it's, it requires a lot of like rigidity. Um, yeah. and to the extent at which my family has had like interventions, like, Hey, you need to like eat some chocolate, <laughs> like, you <need> to, like, <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. But, I, but it's so funny because like feeling good in my skin and liking what I see in the mirror has taken its own time. And, and I was a, I was a Ford model, uh, a plus size model, but okay. I, you know, but still like you'd think that somebody who had that experience and it wasn't like I was just on the board. Like I actually was a working, very successful Ford model for like six years. Okay. And, um, but it's only been in the last, I would say about 10 years that I've been able to look in the mirror and be like, Hey, I like what I see. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, and I've got like 30 years of yoga, um, and that's helped me so much to actually just like feel comfortable in my skin. Mm-hmm. I grew up overweight, you know, and ostracized and made fun of my nickname in kindergarten was fatso. Like I really get it. Like my mother's third cause of death was severe obesity. I mean, mm. it's been such a huge theme in my life. Yeah. Um, and so many angles that it, it's really, it's, it's really taken its time. And people ask me all the time, like, how do I increase my self-love? And I'm like, that's a big question. <laughs> it's loaded. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just look in the mirror and be like, just tell yourself you love yourself. Like that's like not going to work. That's really superficial. Yeah. Um, what are some tips that you can give our listeners to help them increase their self-love? Yeah. So one of the biggest and most effective things I think is a gratitude practice that combines body gratitude and life gratitude. So what I mean by that is, you know, you can't, yeah, like you just said, you can't stare at the mirror and say, I love myself. It's yeah. Maybe you stare at the mirror. Maybe you don't, I don't know, but it's thanking your body for the different functions that your body does for you. So it's like, thank you arms for giving an amazing hug. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. I haven't been able to hug that many people and it's so nice to hug people or something like that, or thank you stomach for digesting this food. Or, you know, I recently had a baby, like, thank you for bringing this baby into the world. And congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, (laughs) you have to, you have to thank your body for doing these amazing things. And one of the, one of the things I like to think about too, is like, it's not necessarily about always loving the way that your body looks. It's loving your body so much despite how she looks, <laughs> you know, just like you love your husband, despite that he doesn't do the dishes as often as you'd like, or <laughs> you love your child, despite that they don't sleep great through the night or, you know, like all the little things mm-hmm. that I think of body love as I love you. <laughs> I love you. Like I love another person. It doesn't have to be conditioned just to loving the way that your body looks. So I think gratitude is a great place to start and gratitude also with your life, because, uh, just getting to do, you're doing all these things with your body, (laughs) going out and having a nice meal with a friend, um, 
working on your passions, like my craft projects, all that kind of stuff, just like being grateful and taking the time to notice how nice of a life you actually have is a really great thing to do. I know during a hard time in my life, I is when I really started like a a true gratitude practice. And on my bad days, it was just so nice to see, like, there were so many good, I could fill a whole page of good things that happened today, even though I felt like it was a crappy day. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love how you qualify the gratitude. That was really, really beautiful. Yeah. Good. And, and for us who are mothers who are listening, um, It is such a huge gift to give to your children, whether they're boys or girls, um, to learn this self-love practice. And it was when my daughter was in her teens, um, and she's still in her teens, but earlier on, like 14, 13, Mm -hmm. that she was having these massive self-image issues. Mm -hmm. And I was really upset about it because, you know, I love her so much, just in the way you're describing but I didn't really love myself the way that I loved her. Mm -hmm. And it was her um, breakdown, so to say, um, around that issue that forced me to re-examine my relationship with myself. And it was, and I'm not exaggerating, it was like magic. Yeah. When it got brought to my attention that I felt, you know, hopeless and desperate, and we had her in therapy and I was like, oh my God, do we need to go to like, she put on like a hundred pounds. Like it was yeah. really, she has social anxiety. Like I was like feeling really out of control Yeah. Um, because I couldn't change this, but I knew somehow, some way I had caused it. Mm. Thank God we got um, some professional help that was, yeah. you know, a good, a good quality therapist. And he really looked me in the eye and he was like, you need to deal with this. Mm. And it's on you. And I yeah. was like, oh my God, what do you mean? <laughs> um, but he's right. And it's ex- exactly in alignment with what you were saying. And it was literally like magic because yeah. I was only able to accept her to the extent at which I was able to accept myself. Yeah. And so for all of us, you know, on common ground, and I believe that we're all in recovery on some level, actually, mm-hmm. whether it's tomatoes or you know, potatoes (laughs) (laughs) Um, or, you know, whatever, you know, the the shame blame cycle, you know, it's like, we're all in recovery. So I believe it's really a, you know, even playing field and some of us might, you know, be a little more practiced than others Yeah, when we can rebound faster, but it's like, it just comes with a package. Um, And she completely transformed when I was able to, to really embrace myself more um, lovingly. That's amazing. And that's so powerful. And that's why I'm so passionate about doing this work with women and mothers, because I want to help the next generation. And the best way to help is to have a bunch of great leaders and leading by example is, is, is really an effective way to parent. And if you can show your child that you, that they um, that you love yourself, then it's going to be a lot easier for them to love themselves. Totally. And I had no idea that I had this work to do until she revealed it to me. Yeah. And she's now lost 80 pounds. Wow. And she's like, really, she loves herself so much. She's like, you know, if you're not like on my level, like go take a hike, you know, 
you know, like, you know, irreverent, like teenagers should be really. Yeah. How, you know, but anyway, it was just, it's just. So but she's amazing. done all that, yeah, deep work as a young kid. <laughs> she's. <laughs> it's true. But, and so, I, I mean, it's what you're saying is, is absolutely accurate. I mean, the more work that we can do as parents, um, the better off, um, you know, we're healing generations. Um, you know, my mother was clearly a compulsive eater. Um, everybody on that side of the family has massive weight issues. Is it Mm -hmm. genetic? I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Um, regardless it's our work and the only one who can save ourselves is us. Yeah. And stop the cycle. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, obesity is going to cause more complications with diabetes and heart disease and now COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's, it's of great concern for um, a lot of people. And we think it's about losing the pounds, but it's, yeah. it's so much bigger than that. Have you read that book by um, Sally O'Malley? I think her name is called The Gift of Our Compulsions. No, I haven't. Such a great book. So not popular. <laughs> Such a hard <laughs> book to read. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great book. It really shifted um, the way I was thinking about this this impending doom of weight. Because it's almost like I felt like growing up in OA, Overeaters Anonymous. It was like mm-hmm. it was almost easier if you were an alcoholic. And I'm sorry if I'm offending anybody listening because yeah. I don't want to um, minimize alcoholism or drug addiction. But when you're in the 12 step program, you can leave that stuff out of the house, off the table, you know, out of sight, yeah, but food, like, you can't, it's, you a, can't. Yeah. it's a relationship. Yeah. And it's right. necessary to live. Alcohol is not necessary to live. <laughs> right. So it's really, really, um, complex and multidimensional topic. So I really commend you for like being courageous to be like, Hey, I'm going to stand with you in self-love and we're going to do this. Yeah. it's hard work. And, you know, I found that it's, it's hard. A lot of my clients have been reading my emails, been part of my community, listening to my podcast for years before they decide to invest in themselves and join one of my programs. And I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, believing that it's okay to put weight loss off the table for a little bit. It's okay to, uh, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions about intuitive eating that it's not healthy, that, you know, letting go of restrictions is not healthy, but it actually is healthy because you're helping your mind. You're helping figure out why you're eating the way that you're eating. (laughs) And that's probably what over eaters and honest is all about. It's like, there's a reason why you're eating that way. And it's getting to the root cause. So then you can deal with the food part. Yeah. And, and I'm really interested in sustainable solutions, right? They're long-term. And what I realized early on as a health coach, um, specifically working with food, um, when I first started out was that like the diet plan wasn't working. Everybody was able to do something for seven days, maybe 21, but it wasn't, it was like, they just, it was like a rubber band. They just snapped right back into their predictable patterns. And it's like, and I I was like, I'm not committed to that. That's not actually fun. Interesting. That's actually upsetting. Like it actually upset me. (laughs) I was like, I I I gotta figure out a better solution. That's when I got into like the ontological coaching thing. Um, and your training is different. Um, I'm familiar with the creators of the program, really amazing work. Um, the intuitive eating, um, 
ideology is just amazing, amazing work. Um, and that's what you're talking about is going to the root um, so that you can really resolve it once and for all. And I mm-hmm. think for most people, including myself at a time, that seemed impossible. Yeah. It was like something that was going to plague me for the rest of my life. Like it had plagued all of my ancestors pretty much. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be like that. No, it doesn't. And the nice thing about it too, is a lot of it is you can go as deep as you want. <laughs> I mean, you should get to the root, but also a lot of it is just changing some habits that you have and learning how to be more mindful while making more mindful choices. And there's so many things that you can do slowly that can make a lot of change, even if you're like freaked out to like really get to the root and to really dive deep. There's, you can, you can do both ways. I've had clients that, that really, um, you know, maybe they're not going deep into their traumas and whatnot, but they are just like learning new habits that feel good, that they're, it's all about choosing rather than someone telling you what to do. So gaining that power and, you know, intuitive eating is really empowering that it's, it's just like, Oh, you know, I eat in a very specific way right now. And, but it's because, you know, somebody on the outside saw me, they might think I'm on a diet, but I'm not, I'm eating this way because this is what makes me feel my very best. And I want to feel my best. So I think that's what people uh, can slowly start to do if they're feeling it's like overwhelming. Intuitive eating sounds like too much. You can just really start with some simple things, (laughs) just start changing some habits, start feeling like you have some control back. That's what a lot of women say, you know, dieting, it feels like you're just out of control if you're off the diet, but you... (laughs) I feel totally in control around, I feel more in control around food than I ever have in my life because, because I'm not dieting, Uh, but it it just takes a little bit of time to get there. And you need to give yourself that time because 30 day diet is not going to do it for you. No. And you have to be able to distinguish the difference, like when you're eating, why you're eating, what you're eating. Right. So there's, there's all of that also to, to be able to um, unravel. I think is the word that comes to me mm-hmm. because it, it is, it, it feels very mesh, right? So that's why I say unravel because you've got to figure, I was like, oh, take the time to pause and say, am I really hungry? What am I really hungry for? You know, how's this going to make me feel? Of course, not without being obsessed about it, but yeah. anyway, you have a training program. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I have a free training. And so if anybody's interested in learning about intuitive eating and learning about how to build body confidence, it's uh, a training called how to ditch the food guilt and body shame to gain confidence and feel free. And mm-hmm. it really dives into kind of the four basic steps to get started on intuitive eating. So when you watch the training, you'll actually be able to just like start at your very next meal. So yeah, you can just go to my website, caitlinball.com and it's, it's right on there. And that's a great place to start. That's so great. Cause really it is one bite at a time. Yeah. One step at a time, one breath at a time. Cause yeah, you don't have to wait until Monday. <laughs> you just can start at your next meal. <laughs> so well said, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you so much. It was so great to be here. I'm glad you had me. Yeah. And I really hope our listeners got a little insight and and hope 
Um, a lot of times uh, the people in my community, Caitlin, and perhaps also yours are just so confronted with the roles they're playing as a mom, an entrepreneur, a wife, mm-hmm. um, and then of course your own health and well-being and just life. And um, oftentimes health is the last on the list. Yeah, And it's, it's only when there's some kind of crisis um, that they have to actually pay attention to it. So uh, I'm very committed to a prevention model yeah. um, and one that looks Build right the foundation and looking <laughs> right at the root. Yes. Yeah. Um, because everything stems from there. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, thank you again. And I hope everybody will um, take her free training uh, who feels like this would help them increase their self-love and um, become what I would call an intuitarian. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Oh, because that's actually where the the richness is, the wisdom to be able to tap into that innate wisdom that all of us have. It's so powerful and to feel empowered around our body and our food choices just liberates so much energy. It does. It truly does. You will feel so free. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Caitlin. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. Please contact me if you're interested in cultivating more vitality at jennifer-helene.com on the contact page. If you know this episode would be of value to your community, please share it on all of your social media channels. Maybe you are a successful working mom who would like to share your story on this podcast. Please visit podcast.jennifer-helene.com backslash podcast dash guest to apply. And you might know someone who would be an ideal guest. If so, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. I absolutely love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show. I mean a lot to me and my team in getting the word out about how to realign humanity with purpose. Purposeful Ventures is a company that is helping moms succeed in revitalizing their lives, relationships, businesses, and health. Please join a more personal conversation by working directly with me, joining my private Facebook group or one of my programs. This is Jennifer Helene, and thanks for spending your precious time with me.